And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Friday. Casey just there here with Coach Brian Colley. We got a fun show coming your way. Man, we hope to give some relief to people because it's been a really weird 24 hours here in our area. We've got um, rain and, and yucky conditions. We've got no running water. We've got everything short of the movie Dumb and Dumber where we're screaming, our pets' heads are falling off. Just about everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. But fortunately, we still got our health. We still got a whole lot of things to be happy and blessed about. Remember that uh, through this interesting 24-hour period that we've been going through. If there are anybody, and I want to lead the, lead off with this, we're going to get to our scoreboard and we're going to run down the show and everything in just a second. If there's anybody who works for the Water District right now, that is listening to the show, we are with you guys 100%. You see some of the pictures there in the mud, and they're working hard, working around the clock. Me and Brian got to go to sleep last night. A lot of those people did not. If you are listening to us right now, a lot of them may have their car radios on. They may be listening to the show. We got your back 100%. Keep pushing. We know you guys are doing the best that you can, and we certainly and sincerely hope that you guys all stay safe and um, that you guys know how appreciated the work that you guys have been putting in is the last 24 hours for sure. Yeah, so before you go ahead and put a post on Facebook complaining and just think about it first. I was talking you know, about that this morning. I mean, come on. My, I'm, I'm not knee-deep in mud, shoveling and doing things. like They're doing the best that they can, man. Nobody wanted this to happen. Let's get to our girls and boys scoreboards, and then we'll talk about why we may or may not have basketball today and break down some of the other things. It was a light schedule last night. On a Thursday, it typically is. Girls basketball results from last night. Ellender rolls 55-27 to over Morgan City. The Lady Patriots get a decisive win over Morgan City and um, get a big district win. I know that um, Coach Robinson will be awfully pleased with this team there. Berwick falls to Westminster Christian of Lafayette. No, I apologize. Berwick wins over Westminster Christian. Looked at the, the wrong line. Berwick gets a win over Westminster Christian of Lafayette, 33-12. to Good win for Berwick last night. Uh, adding that PowerPoint to everybody in our local 3A district. St. James, adding that PowerPoint to everybody in our local 3A district. They get a 42-37 to girls basketball win over Ascension Catholic. Good win for them. E.D. White smiling at that. Donaldsonville smiling at that. Patterson, everybody in that district smiling at that. In single A last night, we had a girls basketball score. Let me tell it to you. Let's see. We had, uh, well, I clicked the boys. We go to the girls. We had Central Catholic of Morgan City get a 48-36 to win over Covenant Christian Academy. That was a district game on the girls' side. Central Catholic goes to the Donner Gym and gets a road win over CCA on the girls' side. Boys basketball results from yesterday. We had, again, kind of a light schedule. This is not a local score, but we had two huge, huge statewide games, including University Lab getting a 67-65 to win over Catholic High Baton Rouge. My goodness. We also had Madison Prep defeat Zachary 54-52. to No word on if Zachary recruited anybody for that game. Um, who was a five-star football player, but Madison Prep gets a 54-52 to win over Zachary yesterday. Local scores of interest in the boys' side. Ellender gets a 53-21 to win over Morgan City. Word on the street is Morgan City's hurting. They um, are down a lot of players from the beginning of the season, and Ellender puts it on them by 32 last night. 
Assumption, man. Oh, came close. Came close to getting their first win of the season yesterday. They fall to East Feliciana 53-47. to Don't be surprised if Assumption ends up winning a game, especially given some of the words and information we're hearing about Morgan City being without some kids and everything. Don't be surprised if Assumption does get that first win before the year ends. Let's see. In 3A, we did not have a local team play. In 2A, everybody was off. In single A, we had Central Catholic of Morgan City get a hard-fought win over Covenant Christian Academy. Central Catholic beats them 69-50. to Benjamin Case has a big day for the Eagles. Boy, they're playing well right now. Big old lofty winning streak. They get a win over CCA, so congratulations to them. That all sets the stage now for tonight. And I got to tell you, um, I don't know what will or won't be played <laughs> tonight uh, in the Lafouche side of things, but let's take a look at it. Tonight on the schedule, we have Central Lafouche girls traveling to take on E.D. White. Don't expect anything there. Thibodeau has water and everything. We should be able to get that game in Central Lafouche and E.D. White. East St. John traveling to Thibodeau. Boy-girl doubleheader again. Thibodeau area got water. We should be good to go there. Hanville is traveling to take on Destrehan. Boy-girl doubleheader. H.L. Bourgeois is traveling to take on Terrebonne. Boy-girl doubleheader. Should be a great matchup there. On the 4A side of things, we have a game that could potentially be impacted, but we've got also another couple of games here with Lutcher traveling to take on Vanderbilt. Boy-girl district doubleheader. I'm very interested on the boys' side of things to see how Lutcher fares against Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's going to be very heavily favored. But Leon told me, um, well, not told me, Leon told his team after their last game on Saturday against Terrebonne, he said, hey, last year we were losing to Lutcher by like 20 points, and we had to come back and rally and win late. He said, hey, leave no doubt this time. So they've got that one circled. They want to play Lutcher today. I would be very curious to see the score there because I think on paper, Lutcher's probably the second best team in the district. How do they fare tonight going on the road, taking on Vanderbilt? Will be a big result. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And if you look at Lutcher, they, um, I'm not going to put them in the same category as Patterson, but uh, they're up and down a little bit. Yep. With uh, scoring sometimes, just score a good bid, then very few points they score. So. Uh, it's going to be tough for Lutcher on, on the road at Vanderbilt tonight. The only game on the local schedule that we anticipate could potentially be altered is South Lafouche and South Terrebonne. A boy-girl doubleheader scheduled for 5, 6, and 7. We don't have running water. Mr. Former AD, tell us the challenges there. What needs to happen and why, assuming the water isn't back, and that's a big assumption, I don't know that, but assuming that the water wouldn't come back, why wouldn't we be able to host basketball games at South Lafouche tonight? Well, you, you need water for the restrooms. That That's bottom line. If you don't have uh, the restrooms working, you can't uh, you can't host that game. I mean, you can sell water for drinking purposes and all that, so that's fine, but just the restrooms. But uh, I would be on the phone with Central Lafouche. Uh, there's no game tonight. I don't believe in their gym. No. Uh, do they have it there? Uh, yeah, I think they do. I think it's from the gains the, on yeah, down. Yeah, gains on down. So uh, it's possible the um, if they have, and I'm assuming they have water there, uh, may not. But if they do, that's an option. Uh, they got so many options. The boys can just say, look, uh, we played y'all twice before. Count the um, game we played last time as 
as a district game and cancel this one. But I mean, you want to play. Yeah. That's the thing. So, uh, and I, what from they wait until two. Coach Jenkins posted on social media that a decision is going to be made at approximately two o'clock. Do they move the game to Central Lafouche? Yeah, I don't know. Do they move the game to Saturday? I don't know. Do they postpone it till? I, I don't know what the options are. Uh, ideally, by two o'clock, we would have running water, and this, none of this would be a factor. But I don't know that that'll be the case either. But Coach Jenkins put on social media that by two o'clock they're expected to make a decision. Yeah, and look, and it's it's easy to say, oh, we'll move it tomorrow. We don't know if certain plans were made. If like some of your team, like your team members could have had plans tomorrow to do, you know, and now you're moving a game. Uh, you may have less kids there. Who who knows? Uh, but I think an option could be playing at Central tonight if the gym at the tank is uh, not available. Donaldsonville and Patterson playing a district doubleheader tonight. We mentioned E.D. White hosting Central Lafouche for the girls tonight. Uh, let's see. On the two-way side, Homa Christian School is off. On the single-A side, Central Catholic and CCA have already played. So we go now to the boys' schedule. We told you about the district doubleheaders. In 5A, Central Lafouche is off with the district bye. We go to 4A. We told you about South Lafouche and South Terrebonne, Vanderbilt and Lutcher. Those are all doubleheader matchups. 3A, we've got E.D. White boys who were, were scheduled to play Geo Next Generation at home. That game has been canceled. Berwick and St. James are playing a district game today. Patterson and Donaldsonville, as we told you about. Richard Jones and the Homa Christian boys are hosting Haynes Academy. That's a big non-district game for them facing a 3A school. So good opportunity for Coach Jones and his team to stay hot. And then in single A, we had Central Catholic and CCA play last night. So a little bit of a light slate. And let's kind of give the lay of the land here for today's show. In the next segment, we're going to go to Coach Chandler Guitros uh, for his regular Friday interview spot. Then at 12, we're going, is it to Jack LeBlanc? Yes. And North Vermilion, we'll be chatting with him about some of the things that happened at the LHSAA meetings uh, yesterday. And then at 12.15, we're going to just be talking some sports. We had Damian lined up. Damian had a last-minute thing that came up, so we're not going to catch him today. But we got so much to talk about in terms of, hey, that LHSAA meeting. LSU, South Carolina, NFL playoff matchups this weekend. There's all sorts of angles that we could attack. So at 12.15 until 1, we're going to be talking some sports pretty hot and heavy. Um, and if any news breaks in terms of the South Lafouche and South Terrebonne game, before we get off of the air at 1 o'clock, we will be sure to let you know. I got my Facebook open, and I'm looking at everything here um, to try to see if we got any updates or anything like that. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to Coach Chandler Guitros of Tarpon Baseball. Um, can't do a whole lot in the rain. <laughs> we'll ask Chandler how the last week has been. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! 
Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa wants you to join them for the start of something new sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It's a grand new year, so get a great deal on your new dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Are your deductibles too high? Or are you completely uninsured? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Healthcare Help Desk can help you now when people need help the most. Health insurance laws and rules have changed. If you have Obamacare, are uninsured, or your premiums are too high, call Healthcare Help Desk. It's free. New healthcare plans are available, and you may qualify for dental coverage and lower copays and deductibles. Make the free call now. Top quality coverage at the lowest prices anywhere. You may be paying too much and not even know it. In these troubled times, health care is more important than ever. Don't let another day go by without health insurance. Policies are being offered with very low copays and deductibles. So if you're uninsured, underinsured, or paying too much, call Health Care Help Desk. Call 800-301-7166. Duck Fab Incorporated is your first choice for professional HVAC duct system. From project concept, design, drafting, to production and installation. DuckFab prides itself in serving all of your HVAC system needs from residential, commercial, municipalities, and industrial marine and land-based facilities. DuckFab is there to serve Gulf Coast and River Region with its locations in Homa and Hazelhurst, Mississippi. DuckFab, 352 Equity Boulevard, Homa, Louisiana, 985-876-3400. DuckFab. Welcome back to Play by Play. It's Friday and it's 11.45. Normally, I would say we're making a trip to South Lafouche High School, but that's not the case today. We're making a trip to cut off Louisiana because there's no school. Chandler Gietros rocking it from the house today. Coach, good morning, buddy. How we doing? Hey, Casey and Coach, doing well. And before we start, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Coach Brett Crosby, who worked on uh, both the staffs of I and Coach Kali. Uh, left education for a job in the water district. I was able to talk to him last night, kind of before the water uh, totally went out, and he, uh, I believe the words uh, DEFCON 1 were used on his part. And uh, I know he ain't got much sleep, and those guys are working really hard. So thank you all for all you all doing to try to get our water restored. No doubt, brother. Very well said. Look, Coach, it, it never fails, right? We're in the biggest drought in Louisiana history, and then you guys are able to open up practices on Monday and suddenly the drought is no more. It rains every single day, all day, every day. What have you guys been able to get accomplished through the monsoon here in the last couple of days? Yeah, look, it's been tough. And, uh, in fact, we had a couple of dead spots on our field. We saw the rain come. We were like, okay, man, let's plant, uh, plant some rice feed on those dead spots. And we got to the back yesterday and uh, one of the main spots that we tried to reseed was flooded. Uh, so uh, I guess that seed's not there anymore. But uh, we had some good work on Monday and Tuesday, some full practices. Uh, really, really uh, impressed with the job our kids did, uh, kind of going from jump, uh, full steam ahead. You know, we, we rolled through the playbook, rolled through bunt coverages, uh, you know, and you could tell those guys studied all the stuff that we gave them. We didn't have to, you know, correct too much. They knew what to do on stuff like that, bunt coverages first and third, so that was great. Uh, Wednesday, we were able to get on the turf a little bit. It rained some, so we weren't able to get on the field. But soccer had a, a game that night, so we were able to get on from three to four and get some cage work. And then yesterday, 
uh, you know, uh, we all uh, went through it in South Louisiana. It rained everywhere. We were able to get under the stadium. Um, you know, it was obviously not a situation where we could put our kids out in the open, but we were able to get under the stadium, get some tee work in. And Coach Buck actually um, created uh, some portable mounds from scratch, so we were able to throw bullpens under the visitor side of our football stadium. Okay, that sounds like you guys made the best of a, of a bad situation there. Kudos to you all for that. Um, how have the kids been, man? Kids are routine-driven just like you guys, you know, to be on the turf some days, under the stadium some days. Has their mindset been good? Yeah, and look, uh, you know, you see people complaining on social media about how kids these days on any, any side are uh, rain to cancel in school. They're not tough like we were. They can't adapt. Let me tell you something about these kids. We adapt, man. They, they've been through the ringer with COVID and through Ida. And we are used to practicing in unusual situations and making the best of it and trying to scratch. Uh, you know, I, I have not had a normal year as a head coach, save for last year. And even last year, we still had construction going on in the field. So we were, uh, you know, days that we couldn't get on the field. We haven't had a normal year. So our kids are used to it. They adapt and, and the attitudes have been great. Whatever work we can get in, they are going full steam ahead 100%. The effort's been great. The attitudes have been great. And, uh, you know, just a lot of optimism. You know, we're 0-0 right now. We're pushing. We know the challenge ahead of us in Division One, And we know what it takes to, you know, belong in that bracket. Uh, you know, there, there's work. You got to – it's not just something where you, you just, you know, shoot and trying to make, you know, an attempt to make the playoffs. You want to do damage when you get there. So our kids understand the challenge ahead and the work that needs to be done. All this is is a minor setback, and we're ready to get back to work as soon as, you know, we're allowed to. You guys were – I think scheduled to play like an umpire scrimmage here coming up, maybe this weekend, maybe early next week. Are the plans still to to you know get that in despite the weather? No, that was uh, that was scheduled for tomorrow. And uh, Coach Trostler, <laughs> the text came through as early as Wednesday. Man, their their field was underwater already. There, there you go. No hope of getting it done. Uh, you know, and uh, you know there's other fields in the area that could have got done, but. You know, it got to the point of what's the point of, you know, tearing up a field for an umpire scrimmage or potentially even more importantly than that, getting a kid hurt. You know, what, what's really the point, you know? So uh, we, we took it and try. We kind of scrapped that one, and we're looking forward to a February 6th uh, scrimmage against HL Bourgeois as our first live bullets. Coach, uh, there were some pretty sweeping changes to the sport yesterday in that the teams that make it to the championship series will now play a best of three. I think that that's a good move. Uh, your whole playoffs are best of three. Why not crown your champion on best of three? Uh, it prevents that team from having that one dominant arm from just kind of riding to the title. And now it's going to be, in my estimation, the best actual team that's going to win the championship. Do you like this move? And, and talk to us about, you know, uh, South Lafouche's thoughts as we're moving to a series to crown our champion. Look, that's the way it should be, man. You look at uh... – any level of baseball except for ours, the champion is determined by a series. In, in the major leagues, it's the best of seven. In uh, college, it's the best two out of three once you get there. Baseball is a sport that any given day, uh, momentum is the guy on the mound. It's as simple as that. Uh, so this truly is going to give the opportunity for the best team to win. Uh, you know, sometimes in the underdog role, it's not ideal. But look, if you're going to be crowned a champion, the, the champion should be the best team. So I'm all for it. I think it's a great move. Now, if we could just uh, correct it and get back to the 32-team bracket and let's play best two out of three all the way through, uh, I'll say let's go, man. I think it, that was a great move. Coach Mike Barba came on the show yesterday, and he said, hey, man, like we're going to be asked to vote soon based on you know districting by division. And Coach Barba said, you know, hey, like that's kind of impossible to do because 
We don't know what division we're in. We don't know what we're voting on. Now, yesterday they did not vote on that. I think that that'll be coming up a little later on. But from the South Lafouche perspective, if that were to have come up yesterday, like why haven't they told us what teams are in what divisions yet? It doesn't make any sense to me, Coach. Uh, to me, I, I really don't understand why. There, there's something that they're keeping from us. There's no way that they were able to reclassify or to, uh, to district by classification. I mean, if you're going to do that, you have the numbers. Why not make the divisions now? I, I don't understand what they're holding back on. Uh, but anytime our organization, our governing body, has held anything back, it's generally not good for the little guys. So, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to roll with the punches, whatever it is. But definitely, you know, it's something's being hidden from us, and it's, uh, it stinks. Yeah, I'm with you there, brother. Look, talk about this. You said you got your jamboree coming up in, oh, about a week and a half or so. Um, what are some things you're hoping to see in the next seven to ten days leading into that jamboree to let you know the Tarpons are ready to compete? Yeah, it's going to be moving guys around defensively. We have uh, two scrimmages, one against H.L. Bourgeois, one against Homer Christian, and then a jamboree uh, out in Morgan City that we're going to be mixing and matching. And, uh, you know, we're trying to fit those puzzle pieces in. You know, we have uh, about 12 guys that we think can hit in our lineup. It's about, you know, optimizing how much are we willing to give up on defense or are we going to get that 10th, 11th guy uh, in the lineup if he's a little bit better of a glove or if we have a guy that's, uh, you know, could really swing it, if he could play multiple positions to open up things and maybe sacrifice a little bit uh, so our team could win games. That, that's kind of the stuff that I'm looking at. On the mound, uh, it's been outstanding. I mean, we got a couple of guys here that's really, I think, going to turn some heads, uh, Not maybe not with the radar gun, but with the way that we're able to get guys out. We're filling up the strike zone. I think we're, we're going to be very competitive there. Uh, you know, right now those guys are competing for who gets opening night against uh, North Lake Christian, but that weekend series out at uh, Cecilia, that's just as important as the uh, the opening night. So you obviously want to start off on the right foot, but you want to be able to have an established uh, game plan going into the weekend to try to take three or four or all four of them if we can. And, uh, you know, I think that we're very lucky that we were able to schedule that North Lake Christian game on a Monday and we went play again until our next Friday. So whoever we maybe look at as our number one, if he's feeling good, he'll probably be able to come back and pitch on that Saturday. Coach Barba said yesterday, it's I think he called it the wet ball season, where you know early in the year you're going to be playing in the cold, uh, you know, maybe some misting rain. And he talked about the importance of, Hey, you got to be ready for that because those early season games matter as much as the warm weather late season games. Do you guys practice a little bit with the slippery ball? And like, do you guys prepare for the conditions knowing the first month could potentially be brutal? For sure. And Coach Barber's exactly right. Whenever you can, as soon as you could get back out there. You know, yesterday we got caught with lightning. If it wouldn't have been for lightning, we would have been out on the turf and getting some work done there. Um, but he's exactly right. I remember uh, two years ago in that 2022 season where we made that deep run, our second game of the season, we played Bro Bridge on a cold, wet, windy night at 11 p.m., 38 degrees with a swirling wind. And you have to be ready for it. You have to be able to adapt and play in all conditions. And, uh, and with that, it's about toughness, not just mentally but physically, making sure your body's in condition for it. And uh, we really hadn't had the cold this week. Uh, I think that might be coming up pretty soon, but – you got to practice in it. You got to be comfortable with the uncomfortable and being able not just to to get through a game, but be able to excel and perform in those situations. Coach, uh, construction wise, what what are, do you still have construction going on at the field? I know not on the field, but like uh, concession or press box. What's the the time frame on that? 
Uh, I was told, and uh, you know, I don't want to get into trouble because I really don't know uh, a whole lot, so I don't want to speak out of turn. But any construction on that would not start till after this season. Uh, not really. I don't want to speculate or put anything out uh, out there that uh, that I could be wrong or misquoted on. But as of now, that is not going to be in place for this season, and construction is not scheduled to start for this season. Okay, I got you, man. Look, um, Coach, we thank you so much for the time. Before we let you go, man, who's going to win them playoff games this weekend? Oh, I'm pulling for the Lions, but I really don't think it's going to happen. Uh, San Francisco is just loaded. Uh, but uh, pulling hard for the Lions and the Ravens. I, I really I think those are two fun teams to watch, but I really think it's going to be San Francisco Baltimore. There you go. Thanks so much for the time, buddy. Have a great rest of the day. Enjoy the little break from school, man. All right, y'all have a good one. Yep, that is Coach Chan Guitro is doing a good job. Eh? Maybe getting a little R&R today, at least early in the day, not having to be in his classroom and everything, doing all that good stuff. It never fails, bro. We literally were in the third largest drought in the history of our state. <laughs> we opened up baseball on and Monday. Thunderstorm, thunderstorm, thunderstorm. Fortunately, they were able to get some work in, you know, on the turf and, you know, in the cages or whatever it may be, but not as much as they would have hoped. And that's going to be a problem for everybody in our area, not just them. I mean, it's been raining in Thibodeau and Central and South Terrebonne, and not a whole lot of baseball was able to be played this week. I guess if it's going to happen, happen now. And hopefully it doesn't continue throughout the season. And, you know, we got Jack coming on next, but uh, another another baseball rule that was passed and uh they starting the baseball season two weeks earlier mm. like not the, the next year the next final, year yeah. next year that's that's interesting that'll bring even more of the cold and the wet into into play in the future so uh then and, and i'm sure coach gitros you know yeah he, whatever they, they can adjust to it but uh basketball wise and we'll talk to jack about it but that's gonna could pose a problem so I wonder, okay, like logistically, what is it going to look like for this championship series now that we're doing? Is the semifinal best of three, two, or is it semifinal single elimination championship game best of three? That I didn't get any clarification on. You got it pulled semifinal, up. Semifinal best two out of three series. Okay, so at the home field of the higher seeded team. So we're only going to sulfur for the finals now. And the semifinal round will still be played on campuses as a series. Whew, that's going to be some exciting stuff, man. Best two out of three all the way through. And quite frankly, Brian, I think that's the right way to do it. If we use best two out of three to figure out who gets yes, to oh, Sulphur, yes, then why wouldn't we do it when we get to Sulphur? I think that that's a great thing. I think we're going to find out who the best actual teams are and not who has the best one arm. I think that's a good plan, and I, I salute the LHSA. That's the right thing to do. I think that's going to add some excitement and some intrigue, and I also like that semifinal uh, game or series on the home campuses. Dude, could you imagine how rowdy South Terrebonne would have been if they could have hosted that semifinal game back in the day or South Lafouche or whoever? That's going to be some big old gate-earning opportunities for those teams in the semis. Man, you're rewarding the teams for playing the season. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm with that. Great. I'm that's with great. that. I think that's a great thing. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to Coach Jack LeBlanc at North Vermilion. He is um, big into the inner workings of the LHSA and the executive committee, and he was, I believe, at the meetings yesterday. We'll ask him about everything that went down. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. 
Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. School sports are played by humans, coached by humans, and officiated by humans. So the next time you're sitting in the stands at a school athletic event, please remember this and maintain your humanity, especially when it comes to judging and critiquing athletes, coaches, and officials. Please show your fellow humans some respect. They'll appreciate your empathy. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey just covered Coach Brian Colley. We start our lunchtime hour. We're live until 1 o'clock today, and we make a trip out to Acadiana region. We have North Vermilion. Girls basketball coach, Coach Jack LeBlanc on the line. Coach LeBlanc, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Doing great, guys. Good, good. Happy to hear it, bro. Um, LHSA annual convention meetings were held yesterday. We saw that Class B and C have ended their split and are uniting as one. We saw the change with the baseball going to championship series for the semis and the finals. Uh, we tabled the vote for the one-time transfer. Is there anything that we missed? How was the day out there in Baton Rouge yesterday? Uh, well, you know, they, they changed the convention. It used to be a three-day convention with the uh, ADs going in on Wednesday. Um, and then on Thursday, they had some roundtable discussions that kind of helped the principals get a little more informed. Uh, not quite sure why it happened this year, but this year was only a one-day where, you know, ADs and principals just showed up. We did a class meeting in the morning, and then we did a vote uh, after lunch on the agenda items. So uh, that was a definitely change that I've been a part of for uh, many years now. Man, one of the things that Brian and I have been talking about here throughout the months on the show is there's expected to someday be a vote on, hey, are we going to district by division, which would mean, you know, if you're in a Division One playoff bracket, you're going to be in an all-Division One district. We were expecting that vote to come tomorrow, or yesterday, rather, and it ended up not happening. What, what, what's the status to that? When should we expect to see some movement there? 
So I'm a big proponent on that. Um, I've actually sent out a survey to the principals across the state around the Thanksgiving time before they started making districts. Uh, it's overwhelmingly support that if we're going to play by divisions in the playoffs and things, that we should be districting by divisions. Uh, from what I understand from some uh, executive member principals was that the LHSA held off on the divisions because of this Class C and B uh, vote that they had and that we should be seeing at least the divisional breakdown of where everyone stands in their division. Uh, coming, It could come as soon as today. Okay. Um, and then that should start the process or at least get the conversation rolling at a faster pace about moving to districts by division. Jack, uh, as a basketball coach, the baseball coaches or the, the principals yesterday voted to move the baseball season up two weeks. What are you, your thoughts on moving that baseball season up two weeks? You know, um, our schools a lot like y'all, um, you know, solid food and, and, and the public schools down there that, that rely on sharing athletes. And um, even my baseball coach here, who's the former uh, baseball coaches association president, um, it definitely didn't have support of as much baseball coaches as people think. This came from some 5A level schools such as Catholic of Baton Rouge. Their argument is to move up the playing date two and a half weeks because it, it would give them more time to reschedule rainout games and things and all like that. In theory, I think principals agree with that because of the weather, but not realizing that you put in the start date and, and kids can be playing baseball games in the middle of district play for basketball. So I, I feel that sharing athletes in those two sports are going to, are going to come to an end this, this season. That's crazy, man. Uh, look, we, we did see Class B and Class C in their split and unite as one. Is there any talk based on what you're hearing that there's any other classifications that could potentially be interested in that? Or does it look like the split is pretty much here to stay? I think the, the split is here to stay. I think B and C, because they're non-football playing schools and there's so little of them, you know, we're only talking about, uh, you know, I can misquote me right here. I'm just kind of guessing, but it, I want to say maybe 60 schools total um, out of the 400-some schools in the membership. I think the split's here to stay. Technically, they're still considered Division Five together. The only thing they voted on is that when they go to the playoff bracket, instead of being a non-select bracket and a select bracket, there'll be a C bracket and a B bracket. But in all actuality, in Class C, there's two non-select schools and in Class B, there's five non-select schools. I mean, uh, select schools, I'm sorry. So when we say we're bringing them back together, we're really just allowing five schools to go back and play against the select non-select schools. There you go. Look, to, going back to the district by division thing, you said that we would maybe see some numbers today or in the very near future. When would we make a push to vote on that? Like, would we get the principals back together for a special meeting? Would it, like, I... I I wouldn't think you guys would wait until next January. Like, when should we see another opportunity to get everybody at the table to try to figure this thing out? So, with that, um, in all honesty, for that, for that to happen in the next two years, because we just came through a classification year, the EC, the executive committee, would have to make a motion through their 4.4.4 um, ability, and they would have to change it on their own. And then it would just come up to a special vote to be ratified later on. This wouldn't be something that the principals would get together at a special meeting and decide. 
the, the executive committee can do this when they meet in February again and decide to do it. And then it, it can be ratified by the principals the following January. So the, the one-time transfer thing drew a lot of attention and a lot of headlines, and a lot of folks were kind of spooked at the idea that there would maybe be a so-called transfer portal coming to high school or whatever it may be. That was pulled from the agenda yesterday. But, man, based on some of the things that I was reading and hearing, don't know that a lot of folks even realized that it was on the agenda. Talk to us about some of the maybe the drama surrounding that particular piece of the, the agenda item with the transfer thing. Well, from what I understand, that, that agenda item was put forward by some staff members on the LHSA uh, through the executive committee. Basically, they wanted to get feedback on what the state thought about that idea. We do have some states out there that have this transfer rule. The LHSA, you know, being polite, had, had a lot of transfer requests and rulings they had to go through. And they're trying to lighten their load work-wise. <laughs> so they just kind of want to get feedback. And when it got so drastic negative feedback, they pulled it the night before the vote. Amazing. Now, Coach, <laughs> you've been doing this uh, several years. And it, a three-day convention now went to a one-day. Uh, give us your thoughts on that one-day. Because it sure seems like the LHSA wanted these principals to come in one day and most, many of them, let's say most, but many of them probably voted on things and not even sure what they're voting on. The old way in the convention, at least these principals had the opportunity to come in early, especially on Thursday, and meet with other principals and, and, and different class meetings and stuff and discuss things where they had not just a couple of hours to go through all these agenda items uh, and vote on them. So give us your thoughts on the three-day to the one-day convention you know i definitely can can see going to two days the the first day was an ad thing and the athletic director convention that they moved to the summer but it to take away the uh we used to have these roundtable discussions where the author of some of these controversial proposals would come up and speak and be able to answer questions and by taking that away uh, these principals were driving in through terrible weather thursday morning rushing to get there um, and really the only time they actually discussed with their colleagues about rules was at lunch. And then we turn around and, and, and voting. You know, I saw principals in that meetings reading through the rules as they were being voted on. And, you know, to their defense, their principals now have more responsibilities than ever. And But to, to do it like that, I think it was a disservice to our athletic yeah. organization. And, and um, I hopefully they, they can change that back and do more of a roundtable and discussions the day before again. No doubt, man. Hey, look, before we let you go, shout out to your team. You guys are 12-8 and eight on the season, but got a big one today, taking on LCA, one of the best teams in the state in any class. Look, there are a lot of Vanderbilt fans wondering about LCA because they're in line to maybe play in a big playoff matchup. What makes them so good, man? They're 23-1. and one. What makes them one of the top teams? Well, you know, we know. They, have the best, they have the best player <laughs> in the state. She's unbelievable. Um, they have five college basketball players that start off for them and their sixth man is going to play college basketball Ugh. and they got a former division one head coach that's their head coach um we can everybody can say what they want about lca and we're not going to get into that discussion but their players are extremely talented and they're well coached and um it is very hard to stop them from scoring and it's very hard difficult to score on them 
they they have all the pieces together to be the best team in the state. Yeah, it's unbelievable, man. Well, look, we thank you so much for the time. And as some of this uh, soap opera continues to unfold, we'll probably have you back on to chat about it. Okay, buddy? Sounds good. Thank you all. Yep, that is Coach LeBlanc doing a good job. Um, interesting. A lot of the stuff that we thought we would get decided yesterday, we ended up not getting decided. We don't know uh, if we're going to district by division, all because the executive committee is going to make those decisions. We don't know if South of Hoosiers Division One or Division Two. We haven't released that yet. Um, we don't take the time to explain what the hell we're voting on to the principals and ads anymore because Mr. Bonon can only be bothered for one day, not for three days anymore. That whole thing there is ridiculous, by the way. Where we're going to just hey y'all show up. If it's raining, whatever, y'all running late, whatever, you still got to cast your vote. We're going to offer you very little intel on what we're doing. That's the type of stuff that happens in Cuba or North Korea. That is a dictatorship way of doing government. That's not a democracy. Asking people to vote on things they don't know anything about. More information is always better. The fact that we are willingly saying we're going to give you less information than ever before but we're going to put these things on the agenda that could drastically change the association. That's ridiculous. Every principal and AD should be fuming right now at the fact that fewer and less time was given to them to make these decisions. I don't get why that is, but it should not be that way going forward. Yeah, look, just like the, the moving the baseball season up two weeks, some of these principals went in on yesterday, on the Thursday, and – they may have heard one side, and it's a great point where let's move it up two weeks so we have more time to make up games because of the weather. and all. That makes great sense. But then you may not have had time to hear the opposite point of view on that where you overlap in seasons now even Big more. Big basketball games. Big yeah. basketball games. So they going in voting here in Possibly one side. And if they went up the day before, and the old way the convention was, you had time to discuss this. And somebody can say, no, look, I understand you want to support this, but look what it's doing to the basketball season or the, or the soccer season even. Uh, it's unfortunate. Just one day, and, and like he mentioned, he saw principals discussing the agenda items when it was brought up. That's, I mean, that's crazy. You have to have time, and, and I get it. You got Zoom meetings with the area. Me- a Zoom meeting, can all, it, it does so much. But when you can go and discuss something person-to-person, face-to-face with someone, I, I think it's much better. It, it's um, You know, the, the moving the baseball season up two weeks thing, that's, that's extremely unfair to the kids because, look, last year – South Lafouche made the playoffs. They played Santamont, lost on a Friday. The next day, Chandler's you know slowly bringing in his baseball guys and getting them back out there. That's during an opening round playoff game. Flash forward and rewind two weeks. That's in the middle of district play. That's some of the biggest games of the season. And it is ex- extremely unfair to ask the student-athletes to have to choose one or the other or to have to miss out on two extra weeks of baseball to finish basketball or to not play basketball to be there for all of baseball. We talk about, oh, fairness. We're going to do what's 
fairest for the schools of the association. That's extremely unfair to the student athletes to make them have to make that decision and to be pulled in so many different directions. Look, if we want to add some time to the season, whatever, do what we got to do. But basketball, you said this throughout the entire last couple of years that you were coaching. Basketball gets screwed in every direction because they're the, the, the meat of the sandwich. They lose out on guys at the end of football, get them back late, have to get them in shape. Then you got to go through every single holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Mardi Gras. And then now, oh, yeah, your season's at the end of the season when you're trying to win state championships, you're going to have baseball coaches trying to get their kids back. That basketball gets hosed in this. And I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I think it sucks that this passed. And I hope this doesn't prevent kids from playing basketball to try to get to baseball quicker. Yeah. And Jack mentioned two and a half weeks. That potentially, Casey, that, that could be four regular season basketball games, then the playoffs where these kids, hopefully they don't have, they're not going to make a choice. But and my argument is if at South, we had some guys who, and I can mention a name, but I won't, that was a baseball guy. Mm -hmm. And we knew he was a baseball guy. He was going to play college baseball. There was no doubt. And, he came out for basketball, and he helped us tremendously, a huge part of our team. With the situation is going to be next year, he may not want to give up four or five baseball games, no. especially his senior year, to play basketball, to help out in basketball. So he may choose not to play. And, and, and that's the issue I have on that, and it's not – Knocking anyone or it, no, it's, it's it's not fair. It's not fair. You, basketball doesn't start in week seven of the football season. And look, Chandler works. He's going to work with the other sports. He always does. So it's not knocking the coaches. It the kids, they're not going to want to give up some of those games. I, I agree. I, I think it sucks. I, I think that. And look, let's say there's a kid who's fighting to be a starter who's playing basketball. He's going to get back three weeks into the season. He's he never is. even going to get that opportunity to get the chance to play. Like, every which way you slice it. And then the thing that, that he said that made me the most angry, and it's nothing against Jack, he just told us what happened, is the fact that, okay, we're not voting on district by division. That's going to be something the executive committee is going to do. How are we – and look, based on what Jack was telling us, they've got the support. If the principals voted, it would probably pass easily. But how are we going to make such sweeping changes like this without even including the principals in the AD saying yay or nay? I don't understand that. That that makes no sense to me. Yeah, the thing is, you just had the principals all together. That's, that's the where next I'm going. month. <laughs> the executive committee is going to vote on it. They're, they're when, taking I, they're taking the school so, administration's power at every twist and every turn. It's unbelievable. It was a fairly uneventful day yesterday, though. There was not a whole lot of drama. B and C coming back together is really not that big of a deal. Uh, the baseball thing is big. We now also have girls wrestling as a varsity sport, a sanctioned varsity sport. I think that's a good thing. And, um, and look, we'll with, and with the divisions, I think most coaches agree that it should be. Oh, yeah. They, they, they would pass it if the it, principals uh, voted on it. It's that, the absolutely. right thing, but it's the way it's going to be done. And we still get you to think sometimes Friday, January the 26th. We don't know is South Lafouche division one or are they division two is South Terrebonne division one or are they division two? Don't know. 
And those numbers could be coming out pretty soon, according to Jack, as soon as today or early next week. But, uh, yeah, uh, South LaFouche, you're going to be Division One. Think so? Yeah. I don't think South Terrebonne will be, but I do think that South LaFouche will still be Division One. And if you're district, if we can find division, out South Terrebonne's enrollment, yeah, we, we may be able to lend them a hand make, there. Take a guess at it, but. Let's catch a break when we get back out of the break. The LSU Lady Tigers lost a tough one last night. I'm going to tell you why it was still a pretty optimistic loss, despite it being a loss. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. If you suffer from neck or back pain, get relief from the experts at Thibodeau Regional Spine Center. We'll start with an evaluation and develop a treatment plan just for you. We offer non-surgical treatment options and, if needed, minimally invasive surgery, which can mean a quicker recovery. Get relief from neck and back pain and get back to work and play with Thibodeau Regional Spine Center. Call 985-493-4501. 493-4501. Hi, I'm Ashley Otan with Bless Your Heart Nonprofit. Please join us for Talk on the Bayou the second Wednesday of every month. Our mission is to enrich lives and inspire hope by addressing social, educational, and financial needs to support our great community. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. One of my favorites. Go ahead. It's play-by-play here. CM Punk will be in the Royal Rumble tomorrow trying to get that main event spot at WrestleMania. Can't wait to watch the Royal Rumble tomorrow. Um, But anyway. Oh, I'm glad you reminded me. Yeah, we got the Royal Rumble tomorrow on the Peacock. Um, Speaking of Cox, we've got South Carolina and LSU. (laughs) Um, The Gamecocks get a win over the Lady Tigers yesterday in the PMAC. LSU led for a lot of the game. Then just kind of gassed out a little bit, got into some foul trouble. South Carolina made some shots. They get a 76-70 win over the Lady Tigers. LSU doesn't have very much depth. Um, that hurts, especially in games against teams like South Carolina. The Lady Tigers played, I think, seven kids yesterday. And, frankly, the two kids off the bench that they played didn't make much of an impact. Del Rosario played in the paint. Poa played guard uh, when Van Lith took a breather and was not very good, was turning it over. Um but I think that from the LSU perspective, there's a lot to be optimistic about. 
Anissa Moro, your transfer from DePaul, the word on the street with her was, I don't know if she could play in big games. She played at DePaul. They weren't very good. She was tremendous last night, 16 points and 10 rebounds. Your star freshman, Michaela Williams, how often is she going to be one of 10 from the three-point line when she's a 40-plus percent three-point shooter? Yeah, don't know. She had 12 last night. Um, South Carolina top to bottom was better. They got the road win. I'm anxious to see these teams play again, potentially in the SEC tournament, then potentially again in the NCAA tournament. Something tells me we have not seen the last of LSU versus South Carolina this year. And sign me up for all of the matchups because that one was very exciting last night. The crowd was into it. I saw a lot of NBA players tweeting and stuff like, hey, man, put on that game on ESPN. The women's game is growing, and the Lady Tigers are a big part of it. Fell short last night, but I think that the Tigers will be better in March because of the experience that they had last night taking on South Carolina. Yeah, look, uh, it was a great game. I saw watched the end up. I think it was the, last, the fourth quarter. Uh, very good game, and yeah, you hate to lose, but this is not the end of the line. <laughs> no, they killed I you mean, last year and you won the championship. Yeah, it, it's uh, and you may see them again. You may not. Uh, chances are you you will. And um, it, it, who wins the last one? You know what I mean? Yeah, you could lose this one. That's you want to win, but okay, you didn't. Uh, if you match up again, who's going to take that win that last matchup? That's the big. The big question. Yeah, it's disappointing from the Lady Tigers' perspective because they had a double-digit lead and you know didn't close out the half well in the second quarter, let South Carolina cut it, and then you lose the fourth quarter 24-14. to South Carolina stayed very poised last night. They were not rattled. Um, LSU wasn't rattled either, but South Carolina just kind of executed a little better down the stretch. Um, I have been open and vocal about I don't really like Dawn Staley very much. Um some of the things that she says, how she acts, she's very outspoken. I think some of the things that she says, frankly, come from an ignorant point of view because, you know, she, well, let's, let's throw it out yeah. there. She said that Kim Mulkey was only being supported at LSU because she's a white person versus Caldwell, who is a black person. That's a ridiculous statement to make. She said other things about BYU and other schools that are ridiculous things to say. But there's no doubt that she is a very calming influence for her team. And every time LSU made a run and the crowd was getting into it, she would call her a little timeout and they would settle down. And she had her team ready for that environment. They're 18-0 and for a reason. They're 6-0 and in the SEC for a reason. They're going to be there at the end. And LSU ran for them stride for stride. Next time you got to try to get over the top. It was a good experience, I think, for both teams. We'll make them both better and more ready for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and look, man, I was impressed with the the physical play of, of both teams, uh, the size and just aggressive play from both teams is uh, it, I was impressed, man. You know, you you talk about women's basketball, just say uh, college basketball, women's uh, five six years ago. Yep, completely different. Yep, now and, these girls could go, man. And man, the way they can shoot the ball. Both teams just – I was impressed with, with both both of these teams last night. If Angel Reese doesn't foul out of the game, does LSU win? Some of those uh, fouls I'm – not, I'm not blaming the officials, right? But some of those fouls were a little questionable. <laughs> she gets run over on one of them. Oh, it's a foul on you. She's going to the basket getting hammered, only shot one free throw. Some of that was a little shaky and a little questionable. 
the game could have potentially been different if she was able to play 39 minutes instead of just 29. Because in the fourth quarter, once she fouled out, it was when South Carolina took control of the game. Yeah, but and look, when you got four fouls, her last foul was, was unnecessary. Stupid. Yeah, I let, mean, let the girl make the layup. Yeah, there was no reason for that. And man, after the game, I don't know if you noticed, but I don't. It might have been before the horn went off when uh, LSU came down. They were down maybe. I don't know if it was one or two, or they shot a three, they missed it. Oh, they're down three, I believe. They shot a three, missed it. Mm-hmm. South Carolina gets the rebound. Malky turns to the bench and looks like she just screamed something at Angel Reese and, and, and walked away. I know, I know Kim was saying after the game that she wishes Reese would be smarter with the foul situation like you were referencing, but she also said, that Van Lith, the point guard, is who got Angel two of her fouls because two of the fouls that she got was based on Van Lith turning it over and then them running at recent transition. And so she, I'm sure, was frustrated at Angel not being out there, but she did put a lot of the blame on Angel Reese's foul situation on the guards not protecting the ball. Because after she said she did that, Angel Reese, they kept showing her on the bench, and she she was uh, real depressed. Yeah. Like it's some, I don't know if Malky told her something or it. Uh, I mean, she could have said, "Look, next time we're gonna get him." I don't and, know, but it just it looked weird. Angel put on social media um, today um, that you know, hey, this loss is on me. You know, I'll be better. I'll stay out there next time. Whatever. We'll see how it goes. Lady Tigers play Sunday against Mississippi State. Mississippi State. God bless you. I feel bad for you. You're facing a hungry LSU team. Probably not gonna go very well for you. Um, did not break the PMAC attendance record last night. Oh. Um, and really weren't, weren't that close. It's 15,000 plus. They got 13,205 in the building, which, by the way, that's still a huge crowd. That's bigger than most Pelican game crowds, to be honest. Um, so still was a huge crowd. And we're going to get the two teams probably again a little later in the year, and we'll see how it goes. Coach Daly's team wins this round. Well, they won the battle last year, too, but it was LSU who ended up winning the war. We'll see. There's still plenty of basketball left in both of these teams. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to talk about some things in the NFL, maybe in the NBA. we got some coaching carousel stuff spinning around. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Join the Hot Sauce Express weekdays on the Rage and Cajun. Tune in from 6 to 10 a.m. for the best Cajun music anywhere on this planet. The Hot Sauce Express. And it's all brought to you in part by Later the Sea General Hospital and Golden Motors. Don't forget, that's the Hot Sauce Express, weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Right here on The Rage and Cajun. Kelly B. 1600 a.m. and 102.7 FM. Your business is as unique as Southeast Louisiana. People, culture, family. We know what it means to be local. Rev is your local communications provider with support teams that live and work in the same Louisiana communities we serve. Customer first localism is truly in our DNA. Our promise is to bring your business the reliability and local support you deserve. We've been connecting communities in Louisiana for 85 years and we're ready to serve you and your business. Rev Business. 
No Wake Outfitters is the best fly shop and paddle sports dealer in Metairie, but we offer so much more. We can prepare you for hunting season with Lamco game feeders and functional, comfortable camo wear from Duck Camp. And we outfit kayaks to get you in those shallow duck ponds and keep you camouflaged. Let our knowledgeable staff help you have your best season. Also offering Duck Camp and Orvis Outdoor Apparel for men and women. Check out the exclusive brands like Rugged Road, Turtle Box, New Canoe, Old Town, and more. No Wake Outfitters. 1926 Airline Drive in Metairie. Water safety tips from Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. It's Mardi Gras time and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and 18 stall restroom trailers from everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors. Have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. What's up? This is Casey Gisclair, and this is why I choose State Bank for all my banking needs. State Bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home when you walk through the doors. The bank's motto is Cajun Banking. Serve just the way you like it, and that's for a reason, because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community. Resilient bankers serving a resilient community at State Bank. Now 70 years strong. Wrestling has more than one royal family. You know, I I, I don't I don't get it sometimes. Uh it's play by play here on KLEB. Casey just scored with Coach Brian Kale. Um the Atlanta Falcons made their head coaching decision yesterday and they great hire. They hired Raheem Morris, a uh, 47-year-old journeyman coach. Um, all right, let, let's just call it like it is. Raheem Morris is getting his third opportunity to be a coach, his second opportunity to be the coach in Atlanta. He was the interim coach in 2020 after they fired uh, Dan Quinn. Um, he's 21-38. and 38. He has not ever made the playoffs as a coach, though he did have a 10-6 and six season with Tampa in 2010. He has been a successful defensive coordinator several times in his career, including right now with the Rams, where he's been the defensive coordinator for the last three years. Atlanta was reportedly deciding on some pretty big fish. They had interviewed Bill Belichick. They had interviewed Mike Rabel. They had interviewed Jim Harbaugh. They interviewed a bunch of assistant coaches. They interviewed 14 people in total. Bill Belichick was reportedly very interested in the job and ended up not getting it. So, my question is this. If you are Arthur Blank of the Atlanta Falcons and you have a guy who has a handful of Super Bowl rings and is one of the best coaches in the history of the sport, if not the best NFL coach in the history of the sport, how in the hell do you not bring him in and instead bring in somebody who's 21 and 38 in their career 
a record that Dennis Allen would say, hey, good job, dude. You're winning a bunch of games. Like, what broke down there between Atlanta and Bill? Do you think Bill wanted too much money? Do you think Bill wanted too much control over personnel? Do you think he wanted to be the general manager? Do you think that they were concerned about his age? Like, how do we go from Belichick, who has won a zillion Super Bowls, to Raheem Morris, who has coached four seasons and has never made the playoffs? How do we end up doing that is something that I've been trying to figure out here for the last couple of days. Well, first of all, is the NFC South. So you, you cannot bring in a winning coach in there. It's... uh. I think Belichick probably wanted too much control and they weren't willing to give him what he wanted. But as a Saints fan, I think it's a great hire. In the same way that... That's like everyone's thinking the same thing with the Saints, keeping Dennis Allen. Uh, Okay, so now the Falcons were the only team that Belichick interviewed with um, he didn't interview with the Chargers. He didn't interview with, you know, the Bears. Or, well, I think the Bears kept their coach, but any of the other openings. It had to be he turned them down. So There's no way they turned Belichick down. Will Belichick ever coach again? You know, he did the two interviews, said he was interested, and but he's not interviewed with anybody else, so it doesn't look like he's going to be part of this cycle. Um, is he going to coach again at all, or is he just – going to take a year off like what where, where do you see him landing here now I what I'm looking at it looks like Seattle or Washington Seattle or Washington Washington is a hot stinky mess Seattle's maybe a little better situation Seattle's also interviewing Dan Quinn a couple of times trying to maybe bring him back into the fold um here's the one th- concern that I would have with Belichick though and as great as he is and you know there's no doubting you know, the the dominance that he built out in New England. The last couple of years, the Patriots have not drafted well. The last couple of years, Belichick has been very reluctant to, like, bring in assistant coaches that are not his friends. And you ended up last year with Matt Patricia, who's a defensive coordinator, calling your offense. Like, so maybe there's a little bit of a concern there that, like, he's just not willing to evolve, and the Falcons maybe didn't want to be part of that. I that could be there too, I guess. Yeah, I, and Belichick seventy one, seventy one. Uh, spring chicken. I I don't know. Maybe the Falcons didn't want to go that route. Yeah, it's a very very interesting decision but on their it part. Seems like they could have gotten someone better than what. That's they where I'm going with that. Uh, yeah, if you don't want Belichick, that's cool. But Vrabel's available, and you go with Raheem Morris. Um, Gotta like it. Really makes you wonder. Anthony Kim, a longtime PGA Tour player who has not played a golf tournament since 2012 because he underwent surgery to repair an Achilles tendon injury at that time and then retired, is preparing for a comeback. Anthony Kim was a bit, pretty big deal. He was, he was doing some good work on the tour before the injury. Coach, we've never seen a professional athlete take 11 years off and then come back. I would be interested to see if Kim still got it. He was a great player back in his time, but 11 years is a long, long time. I'm interested to see if he's able to earn his way back onto the tour. One year is a long time. That's what I'm saying. 11? Wow. 11-year hiatus before he gets back out there. That's um, Jesus. 
That's very crazy stuff. In the NFL this weekend, we have a couple of conference championship games. The Ravens are a four-point favorite at home over Kansas City. That'll be Sunday at 2 o'clock. Sunday at 5.30, probably probably closer to 6. We've got the 49ers taking on the Lions. The Lions are, or excuse me, the 49ers are seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Start with this AFC game. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have started to play better after kind of a weak uh, regular season by their standards. They're now taking on a Baltimore team that has been dominant this season, 13-4. and four, And in the last oh, two months or so, they have been cheese grating people, running the football, and just doing an excellent job all around. I think side-by-side, side, Mahomes is better than Lamar Jackson is, at least at throwing the ball from the pocket. Jackson is a better runner. This is going to be such an interesting game. As you've got a Ravens core group, that under Lamar has not ever won that huge game. You've got a Chiefs team that, frankly, under Reed in the last few years has not ever lost a big game. It's in Baltimore. Mahomes and the crew just slayed the Dragon and beat the Bills again. I don't have a clue what's going to happen in this one is what I'm getting at. I could see Baltimore winning by a couple of scores, running the ball, playing well. I could see Baltimore laying an egg and the Chiefs winning by a couple of scores. I could see both teams playing well and it coming down to a last-second field goal. This is a very unpredictable matchup. And, partner, I know this is not what the audience wants to hear, but I'm supposed to give my opinions. I don't have a clue who's going to win that AFC game. I think it's wide open. I could see it going in any particular direction, which is part of the reason why it's such an exciting game Saturday, or Sunday at 2 o'clock. Yeah, uh, I agree with all that. But uh, something with the Chiefs, man, right now in playoffs, kind of turned it up a notch and – there was the knock on them all year. They don't have help. Receivers can't catch the ball. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell that, that to that yeah. Rice fella. Rasheed Rice has been catching the heck so, out of the ball. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it'd be hard to pick against the Chiefs. And I know they're going up against a great team, but it's and the Chiefs ran the ball well last week. And if they can if they can do that this week, uh, I like their chances. Easier said than done against that defense. Yeah, the Ravens are tough, man. And look, I'm not a Ravens guy, bro. Y'all know this. I'm not a I'm not a Lamar Jackson guy. Um, but man, he has proven me wrong. He has stayed healthy this year. He's running the ball very effectively. And in the last two months, they've beaten the Bengals, the Chargers, the Rams, the Jags, the 49ers, the Dolphins, all in lopsided fashion. Is it a situation where, and I really believe that the Ravens are doing something here that more teams probably should do. It's today's day and age of the NFL. Everybody's got five receivers, which means that all of our linebackers got to be skinnier because they got to be able to guard and our safety's got to drop back. We don't want to get beat deep. It feels like the Ravens have seen this change and said, you know what? As y'all get smaller, we're going to get bigger up front. We're going to run the ball up your ass all game. And I feels like they've kind of got that formula right where they could run the ball on everybody because nobody's defense is built to stop the run anymore. Yeah, let's see which team can run the football. Uh, again, we talked about Spagnola, his defense, how much it has improved and the job he's doing over there in Kansas City. Uh, if they can stop that big running attack, I think they're going to have a shot. And again, Mahomes is... It's hard. It's, it's hard to pick against him in a playoff game. It's hard to pick against him. One thing that I think could potentially sway this game, 
the Ravens have maybe the best kicker in the history yep. of the NFL. Great point. Justin Tucker doesn't miss. And this season he has missed five times. He's 32 of 37, but usually he is absolutely automatic. When the Ravens get across midfield, they're scoring, period. Um, that could potentially be a factor. Not that the Chiefs kicker's bad, but Justin Tucker is a Hall of Famer, and we don't often say that about people of that position, but he is a Hall of Fame kicker back there. And if it comes down to a late kick, I know who my money would be on, and I'm going with Justin Tucker all day, every day. Fourth quarter game, let's say it might be a, a tie game. Each team has one possession left. Who, which quarterback are you going with? Mahomes, easy, all day long. Because, because Mahomes could give you the 30, 40-yard run at times if he needs to like Jackson can. If it's third and eight and the pocket's breaking down, Lamar's getting sacked, Mahomes is throwing a dart to Kelsey. I, I, I always lean towards the guy who could complete that big pass in traffic on third and eight. Mahomes is better at doing that than Lamar Jackson is. Yeah, and again, that's why it's tough to go against the Chiefs in this one uh, if the Chiefs can keep it close. Weather is not going to be a factor. The game is in Baltimore, which I get it is a cold-weather city. It's an outdoor stadium but they are going to be 50 degrees. You couldn't ask for anything better than that. That's going to be great football weather, Not no rain or anything expected in the forecast, so we should have a great weather day there for the Ravens and the Chiefs. The second game, we have the 49ers and the Detroit Lions. The 49ers are kind of the old guard. They've been here a bunch of times before. The Lions are the new team on the block. They're a big underdog. They're a 7.5-point underdog on the road against San Francisco. San Francisco did not play well at times last weekend. They kind of skirted by Green Bay um, with a last-second, you know, come-from-behind drive orchestrated by Purdy, who didn't play well. Debo Samuel is questionable for the game. That's a big one there. Limited at practice yesterday, limited again today. He's questionable with a shoulder injury. The Lions have a couple of key pieces who are questionable as well. Sam Laporta is a... Uh, game-time decision with a knee injury. Alex Anzalone is a game-time decision with a rib injury. Those are all very key pieces. I think that if both teams play their A game, the 49ers are going to win. But if the Lions could do some things to make Purdy uncomfortable, like last week what Green Bay did, Purdy was wiping his glove during the play. Like he was very fidgety last week. If the Lions could make him play that way again, They've got a chance to go on the road and win. I ain't picking it. I think the 49ers will win. But the Lions do have that wild card in that if it's close, those guys are going to jump off of a skyscraper for Dan Campbell if they need to. And if it comes down to the end, you know they ain't going anywhere and they ain't going to give up. That's another very exciting one. I favor the 49ers, but I could see an upset potentially brewing there if the Lions could keep it close late. Yeah, I wouldn't mind to see Detroit winning, but I just – I just think that their Cinderella, if you will, run or season uh, is going to come to an end. I, I just, I think they got this as far as they can get with, with this team, and Fort Anon is just a little bit too much for them. Who would you rather have, Jared Goff or Brock Purdy? Jared Goff has been a little inconsistent, but he has led a team to the Super Bowl before. Brock Purdy. Didn't play well last week, but he Man, made the plays at the one. end. Who would you rather that's have? That's a tough one. Uh, I'd probably go with golf, just experience. 
I think Golf is a better quarterback than, than Purdy is, but it makes you wonder because Golf attempted 605 passes this year and had 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Purdy only attempted 444 passes, had almost the same amount of yards, and had more touchdowns. Um, comes down to the end of the game, one of these quarterbacks is going to have to step up. Don't know which one is more likely to do it because they both have some moments where they struggle a little bit. Um, it'll be interesting. I think whichever team gets that big strip sack or that big interception, whoever makes that big mistake like Jordan Love did last week could potentially be what uh, sways this game in the NFC side of things and what is also expected to be a very good weather game, 70 degrees and sunny in Santa Clara on Sunday. Yep, going to be uh, two good games. No doubt. Let's catch a break when we get back out of the break. We'll wrap things up. We've got a very um, – We got water yet? I don't think so, man. I got a, about four ounces here in this bottle. That's about it. Um, we're trying to get some water here. We're trying to get some basketball oh, man, in. I'm dying for water right now. <laughs> we'll talk about the NBA All-Star teams that were announced, maybe a little bit of Pelicans as well. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackets. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Man, I loved playing high school sports growing up. And it's fun being a fan now, don't get me wrong, but sitting in the stands feels like I'm missing out on all the action, you know? I wanted to get back in the game, so I signed up to be a high school official. It takes me back to my playing days. I'm supporting students, and I get paid to make the big calls. Do you want to see the game up close? Sign up to become an official in Louisiana at highschoolofficials.com. GIS started as a modest company in 1948 and has now blossomed to employing over 2,600 people throughout their GIS family of companies. GIS embraces the highest levels of safety, technology, and operational excellence to give their clients and projects a competitive edge on a global scale. Learn more and join their team today at www.gisy.com. Terrio Due Ontario, more than just an insurance company. Since 1957, Terrio Due Ontario has been helping customers find the best coverage and price for their home, auto, and flood insurance. Terrio Due Ontario specializes in commercial property, liability, and workers' comp. Call Danielle or Marie at 475-5126. We do not sell a product, we sell a service. Terrio Due Ontario. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you.
before we talk about the NBA All-Star starters, which were announced yesterday, I want to give a shout-out to... First quarter score? <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to um, our friends at LCO yesterday. They got a couple of big wins over Raceland. The girls played exceedingly well, did an excellent job. And then the boys played very well, especially in the second half. Um, the Lady Bulldogs, man, they're in a great spot. They're three wins away from winning the Paris Championship and it's three games that, frankly, they're going to be favored to win to win the Paris Championship. So they're in a beautiful spot. The boys are in a really good spot to try to finish as the runners-up. And then who knows if Thibodeau gets tripped up somewhere along the way, they can maybe get a share of the title. Um, had a good time yesterday watching those teams play. I keep going back to this one play where I believe it was Tara Bone who passed it in transition from midcourt to, I believe, Chubbs who then bounce past it to O'Quinn on the block. You don't see ball movement like that at high-level high school games, much less at the middle school level. LCO on the girls' side and on the boys' side, when they get rolling, they play at a, at a very high level. And we had a great time at the gym last night watching them take on the Cubs, who frankly played well in their own right. The girls are a little younger. They fought and they competed. The boys are going through a shift in the talent cycle. Last year, they were easily the best team in the parish. They're a little younger, a little more um, inexperienced this year. I was impressed with all four teams last night. LCO got the wins, but I, I came away um, very respectful of the way that Raceland played as well. Yeah, look, LCO, we've been saying that for two years now, both boys and girls, how unselfish they are. Their, their passing for a middle school is, uh, is amazing, the way they share the ball. That's just attributed a great coaching by both the boys and the girls. And on Raceland's side, look, I came in, uh, away impressed with their attitudes. It, it wasn't uh, talking back to the coach, or it was it was a disciplined team, and they just they, they ran into a, a better team last night. Yeah, for sure. Um, on the middle school ranks right now, we got Thibodeau leading the Paris Chase on the boys' side. We got LCO leading the Paris Chase on the girls' side. Out in Terrebonne Parish, we got Homa Junior High leading the Parish Chase on the boys' and the girls' side. Uh, so we'll be trying to, when those Parish Championships get crowned, we'll be trying to have the coaches on and everything to make sure that we could celebrate that accomplishment. But it's crazy. They're already about to end their season, man. Like, they got next week and then, I believe, the Monday of the following week. Yeah. And then they're done. Um, it feels like they were just getting started. The NBA announced their list of all-star starters yesterday for the upcoming all-star game. And we're doing uh, Eastern and Western Conference this year. We're not doing the old captains and everything like we did in years past. The Eastern Conference All-Star starters are Giannis Anacumpo of the Milwaukee Bucks. He was the leading vote-getter. Surprise, surprise. Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers, fresh off of a 70-point game for Embiid. Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics. Damian Lillard of the Milwaukee Bucks. And then I like this one, Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers. He's playing at a really high level. I didn't think that he would become a starter, because I didn't know that enough people knew about him yet, but he is an all-star starter in the East. In the West, we've got LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers making his 20th all-star team. Um, Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets, maybe the best player in the sport right now, is an all-star starter. Kevin Durant of the Phoenix Suns. Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks, and then Shade Gilgis-Alexander for the Oklahoma City Thunder. One thing to note, ain't a single Pelican on that list, and there's a lot of rumors and whispers that the Pelicans won't have a single all-star, period, um, whenever the list of reserves come out next week. 
That'd be a tough blow, man. You got a team that's playing well, and you might might not have anybody on the All Star team. Here's what it is. It goes to show you some things. Yeah, it does go to show. It. And we talked about this with Zion being left off of the you know the Olympic roster, and you know Ingram's there, but Zion's not, and um, just makes you made his mess. I mean, he that's one person to blame for that. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um. Let's see. Let's talk about this here. College football. Um, did you see the video? And I'm talking about the video like you radio folks could could hear what I'm saying. But if you're on Twitter, search into your search box. Saban, S-A-B-A-N, surfing. Did you see the video of Nick Saban surfing today? No, I did not. Oh, boy. This is how you often say that you love retirement. And I genuinely think that that you do. Look at this video of your boy trying to surf today. That's Nick Saban. Brian's watching it again. Um, Brian, if retirement keeps going that well for old Nick, he's going to be back by March, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for those who haven't seen the video, Nick Saban is apparently on the beach trying to surf and is, like, drowning actively on the camera. He is not able to get on the board. The waves are taking him all over the place. But, dude, you know this, right? Right after let, – let's talk about this from Nick's perspective because you dealt with it. Right after you're done and you don't have a team to worry about and you don't have – it was a little different for you because you still had athletic director duties to do. But I'm sure there's a period where you wake up and look at the clock and say, all right, 7 a.m. Oh, 100%. What the hell am I going to do today? 100%, yes. So Nick is trying to go surfing and spending time on the beach, and you could only do that for so long, right? I mean, he's got a bunch of money, and yeah, he could live the rest of his well, life on Cancun if he wants. If I had his money, I would die trying. <laughs> Uh, where he found water that warm to go in <laughs> where is he at he's over there on the beach and he's trying like he can't even remotely do what he's trying to do he's gonna get bored man i now, now i don't think it's gonna be him coming back and coaching but he's gonna have to do tv or something like you could see there he ain't having a whole lot of fun on that beach right now no he's because gonna, he's losing because he's losing <laughs> there you go that's what it gets to. If you're an ultra competitor, this is the reason why Tiger Woods with one foot continues to try to come back over and over and over and over again. This is the reason why Tom Brady played until he was 45 years old. It, and a lot of people will say, oh, well, why the hell are they still doing that? They don't need the money. It's not about mm -hmm. the money. It's about finding something to itch that competitive drive that when it's not part of your life, you are imbalanced. Nick is going to go to TV and is going to try his damnedest to be the best television analyst because that's the way that those guys are wired. The same way Tom Brady, when he starts working for Fox, he is going to compare himself to every other analyst. Those type of people, they have to be in contention for something. Nick was trying to surf. It wasn't working out for him. He's going to find something to try to scratch that itch because those guys are just on a different level of competitiveness than you and I. You and I, we could sit here, we could play cards, we could watch TV, whatever. We'd be content. Those guys have to be trying to actively be in a fight every day. Not a fist fight, but going to the war at something every day. It's going to be curious to see how Nick handles this because he's he's getting drowned right there on Cancun. Yeah. 
he's going to enjoy this, and he, he he's going to be on TV next year. I think so, yeah. too. Um, Michigan still all signs pointing, pointing to Sharon Moore being their replacement for Harbaugh. How ridiculous is it that they can't just name him the coach now? Um, Michigan state law requires that. Did anyone leave? Um, well, I haven't uh, heard. Michigan. I haven't seen anything on, in terms of the staff, but it lo- it does look like Moore is going to be the next head coach, but they got to post the job for seven days. That, come on, man. What are we doing? If it's his job, why do we have to give people the opportunity to apply and all that? That's ridiculous, man. I agree. I mean, name him. Yes. It's name his him. job. It's finish. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but we did learn some more about the Kayshawn Butte situation with the illegal betting while he was at LSU. Um, we learned, frankly, I called him an idiot. If he were guilty of this, we learned that he's maybe even stupider than what we thought. His username was KButte1. <laughs> oh, original. He really hid his, his identity there. Um, he apparently placed bets at a cell phone track to inside of the LSU football operations center. So you're telling me with his name, Borny Fife could crack the case open. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not Borny, but, <laughs> but in some of the episodes where Oldest? Domer is a, is a deputy, maybe um, he placed 8,900 wagers in a one year period from April 6th to May 7th. Let me do this math there. Okay. I'm going to break out my old trusty calculator. So he betted for roughly a year. 8,900 divided by 365. That's 24 bets a day. That's a degenerate. That's a guy who's addicted to this stuff. He won them all? No, no. no. He apparently um, bet in 17 NCAA football games during that time period, including at least six, which involved LSU. Now, you guys are wondering, and I speculated it yesterday. Well, was he point shaving? Apparently, no. Apparently, all of his LSU bets were either on LSU winning or him exceeding his total for yards or whatever it may be. But one of the bets on LSU that he lost was he bet himself to get over 80 yards in the season opening game against Florida State last year. He didn't get it. And if you remember right, in that game against Florida State last year, he had a couple of drops early and was pouting, and it's all starting to make sense now as to why he was so moody in that particular game because he stood to lose big by not getting the football. He showed up, and he was pouting, and he wanted Daniels to give him the ball. When he would get the ball, he was trying to make a move up the field and dropping it before he caught passes because the dude had money on his back. He was trying to get to 80 yards. That's this is a scary thing, dude, because I promise you, it's easy for me and you and the milkman to kick on Keyshawn Boutte. He's not the only one doing this stuff. No, you're right. He is not the only person who's thought of this. He's the only one who's gotten caught. It makes you wonder, now that this stuff is legalized, how frequent is this in the world of sports right now where we could have a guy at Hofstra, a small school that nobody's ever heard of, betting on or against Hofstra during their game and potentially making a living on the result. It's a crazy, crazy world with this stuff now legalized. And look, I'm a big uh, sports better. I do it myself. But there are some concerns now is that, hey, these athletes are saying, hey, I could I could influence the outcome of this. And I'm sure that Boutte is not the only person around the country who's had that idea. 
No, there, there's more doing it. He just got caught. It, it's and we talk about it all the time when there's so much money involved. He's now facing felony charges, computer fraud, which the crime he committed was making a sports betting account when he was 20 years old, as opposed to 21. Don't think he's going to end up going to prison for that. I think that they'll find a way to you know get him out of that. Um, but don't know if his status with the New England Patriots is going to be affected at all by this. Let's wrap up today's show. Um, follow us on social media. We'll let you know if there's a Lady Tarpon and a Tarpon game tonight at the tank. Understand we're making some progress towards getting the water fixed. And again, if you guys are working on it and are listening to the show, uh, we're with you, man. Uh, keep working hard, and we thank you guys so much for the round-the-clock work that y'all are doing. Thanks to Coach Jack LeBlanc for the time and Coach Chandler Guitros for the time. We're out. We'll be back on tomorrow with the Sports Corner, then back on Monday with Play by Play. Have a great rest of the day and a wonderful weekend. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.